Welcome to the Dad Strength Podcast, helping you earn the mug that says world's greatest dad. My name is Jeff Gervitz. I am your host. I am a fellow dad. I am the post-it note you put up on the wall. What do I say? Am I an inspiring quote? Something pithy maybe? Here's one that I read recently. The care of the self is a practice of freedom. That is from Michel Foucault for you nerds out there. To me, this one means that there are a lot of outside forces clamoring for your energy and attention. Some of them will drink you dry if you let them. I'm thinking social media here, but even well-intentioned stuff can add up beyond what you can deal with. My inbox is flooded with frameworks and books and lessons of, you know, high-quality material, but self-improvement somehow feels like you're just pushing a giant boulder uphill. There isn't enough time in the day for everything. And then you've got workplaces and other organizations. And on paper, these folks recognize your need for self-care and for downtime. But they will also just keep asking for your time. So the whole world is kind of depending on you to set your own boundaries, especially if you're going to have anything left over for you and for the people closest to you. I think that one of the concerns with self-care is that it can feel selfish or maybe self-indulgent. It has self in the title, right? And you've got mouths to feed and extracurriculars to shuttle your kids to. You don't have time to recline in the bath with a scented candle. Actually, that's more marketing toward women. I don't know if there's a clear vision for men's self-care that exists in popular media. I did do a Google image search yesterday of uh, men and self-care. And here's what I got. Uh, an ad for a grooming kit for your balls, some guys doing yoga, and then a whole bunch of photos of men just having an incredibly good time shaving their faces. As a side note, have you ever noticed the lengths that companies will go to to convince you that their grooming products are in fact manly? It's all metal and earth and wood. I've heard plenty of people complain about the decline of masculinity, but I also can't help but feel that these are the kinds of people who will only buy moisturizer if it smells like diesel and knives. That's marketing for you, though. Whatever the style, people will create products and then need you to believe that salvation, or in this case, self-care, is just one purchase away. Even the people that made those frameworks, those fantastic things that I mentioned earlier, will eventually try to get you to buy their books and their courses and their mentorship programs. And this isn't a criticism. And, and maybe in time, I'll try to do this too. A lot of it is great, but you have to carefully appraise your available time and bandwidth. It's finite. And I don't like the idea that it's money that's holding you back from taking care of yourself. Money doesn't fix everything. It shouldn't fix everything. And my issue with that is that we so often feel the gap between now and a better future is just having more money instead of engaging more with the things and the time and the spaces and the people that you have in your life right now. So to me, the first act of real self-care is just using or appreciating what you've got. There. If I ever create a $10,000 course, that will probably be the punchline anyway. Keep this one. This one's on me. Somewhat related to the topic of self-care, I need an allergy test. And this is not something I imagine lumberjacks or wandering samurai saying. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe I need a marketing guy to rebrand allergy testing. Assert your dominance over allergies. Become the alpha of your own immune system. You know, stuff like that. 
and like a lot of men that I've spoken to, I'm taking action on my own health because my wife kind of talked me into doing it. It takes a village, right? And we'll talk more about that. But I tend to struggle just a little bit more with anything that crosses over into medical territory. And this is in keeping with the data. Men have higher cancer mortality risks for all sites compared to women. And we tend to underuse preventative healthcare services. Okay. Which is not to say that we don't believe in their value. We're not denying science here. It's just, it's a number of things. I mean, November comes and guys start growing out their prostate mustaches, but that's about it. There's not a ton going on elsewhere in terms of awareness or visibility. The mortality rate for colon cancer, by the way, uh, in men is higher than for prostate cancer. Uh, Same with pancreatic cancer, which took Patrick Swayze. It is a rare man who is as tough and tender as Patrick Swayze. So we should be getting more screenings, maybe wearing brown ribbons, but we're not. And that brings us to the tricky bit, demanding hardcore ownership versus a more nurturing society. On one hand, you've got the personal responsibility crowd, take control, take ownership. You are responsible for yourself. There's merit to that, right? But the flip side is to assume that anyone who isn't thriving personally is responsible for that fact. And maybe that would be fair if every single person had the same amount of talent and access to money and the same stress tolerance and uh, life responsibilities and social network and resources and so on as everyone else. But we're not stock cars. We're born to different levels of opportunity and at varying distances from the track. Not everyone even gets a chance to compete. You know, we have different bodies and brains and genetics and some of our talents fit into the current world like a hand into a glove. And some of us, like we have talents that might fit a different world. Did you ever read Catcher in the Rye? You know, maybe it's like that. Maybe you are designed perfectly for an alternate era or a culture or a level of scarcity or abundance different from our own for a pre-technology rainforest planet or for a steampunk alternate reality future. It's like the saying about judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree, right? Sometimes we are perfectly adapted for a different era. ADHD traits such as impulsivity, hyperactivity, these are great examples. Some people speculate that these would have been beneficial in hunter-gatherer societies where you had to monitor and quickly respond to threats and opportunities in your environment. You know, not to mention Someone had to be the first person to try eating lobster or durian fruit or mushrooms. I mean, there's a reason that our ancestors knew that some types of mushrooms were poisonous and some types were delicious. And some would have you tumbling through the cosmos and speaking to your ancestors. So cautiousness will only take you so far. Life may be easier or harder for you depending on factors beyond your control. And the only people I've ever heard argue otherwise and that it's a totally level playing field are the same people who can't wait to downplay their own good fortune. I get it. We would, after all, prefer to believe that everything good in our lives is the result of virtue, not luck. So that rugged individualist mindset persists and I wonder if it's just because 
It's something other people will try to sell you in order to big themselves up. Many people think that a lone wolf mentality prevents men from asking for help. And I'm inclined to agree, except that we all need help from time to time. And I can tell you that my quality of life has progressed in lockstep with my willingness to reach out for advice and support. I didn't always know that. And I didn't know uh, for my entire life that you could just reach out to people and they would be great. They would be super cool and helpful. And so now that I recognize that, I'm so grateful for the folks in my in my life, in my community, in my network. But I also know that I'm not an anomaly. There are people who would be delighted to help you move forward. And the hard part sometimes is just asking. So coming back to physical health, you can imagine how someone who stubbornly refuses to get a medical checkup might feel about reaching out to their community for support around something like anxiety or depression or uncertainty, right? Is cancer scary? Apparently not as scary as feelings. And that is a problem. Maybe it's the problem. Men are 49% of the population and make up something like 75 to 80% of suicide deaths. Something isn't connecting and maybe that something is us. But it's also what surrounds us. And you may not have grown up receiving messages that your environment should nurture you, that it was normal to feel that need. And maybe that's the problem too. I had a friend ask me recently if I felt lucky. I hesitated for a second before saying yes, which I can tell you without any kind of self-deprecation was really silly. Uh, he asked, you know, we were sitting in a wood-fired hot tub overlooking Lake Ontario, surrounded by good food and wonderful people. And, you know, I had this vision. I played this in my head. Yeah, I guess in that space where I hesitated to answer. And it was imagining myself at this long table with sumptuous food being served in, you know, we're in a palace and then, and, and the, the plates and the dinnerware are all gold. And I imagined myself picking up a fork and biting into it and going, mm, disappointed. It's, this isn't 24 karat gold. I mean, that's kind of the attitude. It's, it is silly. And, and the fact that we're even having this conversation right now, or you're listening to this, it means the two of us are doing okay. At least we're doing okay. So you may have noticed that I've been away from the podcast for a while. And this is the proverbial sophomore slump, or maybe where the initial momentum of a passion project sort of wanes. What is the last place you got stuck or had sort of a dream for a, for a side hustle or a project, something you cared about, and then things just kind of fizzled out? I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a note. Uh, you can leave me a voice note at dadstrength.com slash feedback. In my case, I have been away from the podcast. I haven't actually been away from dad strength. And what I have been doing is having a lot of conversations about what this whole thing can and should be. And I want to hear from you about that too. And right or wrong, I have prioritized having these conversations over the last little while. But, but but I was missing the podcast. And even though I have an amazing interview just about ready to roll, I, I'm going to save it for next week. I just wanted to, uh, you know, take a minute to catch up with you and maybe to, you know, put the cards on the table and say that I wish that dad strength were just a question of spinning out a course or some kind of resource. I would love to do that for you. And I might do it all the same uh, just because I like the process of doing it. Um, you know, but for the reasons mentioned, 
I don't think it's what most people need. I'm not sure, even if you had the interest, would you have the time and the bandwidth for something like that? So that is my, that is my concern. I don't want to add more noise to the conversation. So I will tell you what I'm doing instead. I launched weekly calls a little while ago. I run these on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll tell you about how to join them in a minute. What I learned was that dads uh, weren't really looking for any kind of big structured thing, at least not the dads I was speaking to. And what we want, myself included, is to be able to jump right into conversations about the stuff that matters to us. You know, I always thought of myself as an introvert. Turns out I just don't like small talk. However, I'm very happy to have big conversations. I like to get into the stuff that matters, even when it's really personal. In fact, I feel like when we can jump directly into personal stuff, we get to the heart of everything a lot faster. And so a lot of what we talk about on our calls has to do with health and state of mind and how to deal with the challenges we face week to week. The goal here is to be present. It is to show up in our own lives and in the lives of our kids and partners with a semblance of calm and balance to not be overly reactive. Some things that we come back to again and again are health habits, our work habits, how we manage stress. And you might think that we do a bunch of tacticals, dad stuff, right? How to get our kids to eat more vegetables and how to coach Little League, that type of stuff. But it's not the main theme. And here's why I think that is. There's really no piece of wisdom or advice. There's no parenting book or lecture or anything that matters if you are a reactive, irritable, distracted mess. So the first priority is really to make sure that we're dealing with your biggest challenges and uncertainties so that you can be calm and centered and present within your family life. And to get there, we may need to step back and look at what is going on before you even shift into dad mode. So if you have people that you can speak to about this stuff regularly, and I'm thinking on a weekly basis, please do so. Definitely do that. It's important to know that you're not alone. And when you can figure it out as part of a group, it is calming. It is humanizing. It is innately therapeutic. That's something I say about these calls. They're not therapy, but they are therapeutic. If you would like to check out a call for free, just go to dadstrength.com. Fill out the form. We'll get you rolling. I am back next week with, I would describe it as a gentle monster of an interview. You'll know what I mean when we get there. I'll see you soon. And hey, I missed you, man. It's good to be back. <laughs>